broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. feel pretty good. You know, a lot of our practices were instruction-based. We'll see where we are when we lay the leather down uh, at training camp, but Gus Bradley, Milas, Marinelli, our coaches have done a great job on defense, and I think we're better. I think we have a chance to be much better and a lot deeper, and it'll be more competitive. That's Raider head coach John Gruden when he spoke to the media at the conclusion of minicamp. Now, what, three weeks ago? Time flies. We're about two weeks away from training camp, so... We're right on the doorstep, basically, of the 2021 season, which is a great thing. Uh, But it got me thinking, and every time, by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Thursday, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. It got me to thinking, um, you know, part of my job doing this, hosting a radio show, covering the Raiders as I do uh, with the Las Vegas Review Journal, as you start thinking about... With training camp coming up, you've got preview stories that you're trying to do. You're trying to figure out, kind of paint a picture of what this season could ultimately turn out to be and the whys it will and or won't, what needs to happen, what needs to be improved. And essentially, every team across the NFL right now, 32 teams across the league, what they're trying to do is carve out a path that gets them to the playoffs. Once you get to the playoffs, you got yourself a chance to do something pretty special. But it's figuring out a way to get there, to navigate a 17-game schedule in a way that when it's all said and done, you're one of the last teams standing in that postseason. That's what you want to do. The Raiders have been somewhat close. I mean, there were times these last couple of seasons where they were sitting pretty, looking like they were going to be able to close that deal and figure out that path and get to where they needed to get to to be one of those teams that participated in the postseason. We all understand and we all know it didn't work out these last couple of years. And as I'm looking toward training camp and then the regular season and you know as a writer you're trying to come up with all these storylines and what do they need to do how do they need to improve why is this year going to be different than last year and and and, and spelling it all out and everything kind of goes through your head over and over and over again you're thinking about it constantly trying to put the best perspective that you can on what's about ready to happen And it goes this way, it goes that way, and you start thinking about, is Derek Carr good enough? Is this offense good enough? What about that offensive line? And yet it always seems to circle back to where it has always seemingly been these last couple of years. There's no way to really get around it. It's so easy, even though it's so hard, as uh, if it was easy, this would have happened a while ago. But it's so easy, I think, anyway, to really identify kind of what needs to happen. What's going to define this season for the Raiders in a way that gets them over the hump, 
gets them into the playoffs, allows them to be one of those last, what is it, 7, 8, 14 or so. Uh, I got to look. They, they've changed the rules on me. Um, so there's, there's you know, more playoff teams uh, than there have been in the past. But, you know, a division winner or a wild card holder. To be one of those teams that gets to play a little bit longer and maybe play for something special. How do the Raiders go about creating that path for themselves? And you can talk about all the numbers. You could talk about, well, they need to score more touchdowns in the red zone. Yeah, they need to run the ball more efficiently. Henry Ruggs needs to take a step forward. Brian Edwards needs to take a step forward. The offensive line, a little bit young and green and inexperienced in some cases, needs to grow up in a hurry. Guys need to stay healthy on offense, all of that. I mean, it's all going to play into it. But it just for me, and I would imagine a whole bunch of other fans out there in Raider Nation, always kind of swings back to the starting point, to what has been the problem, to what has plagued the Raiders, especially last year, and that is the defense. You can talk all you want about, is Derek Carr good enough to get to this team, to the Super Bowl? I actually think that he is. I think if you put him on a good uh, NFL team or a team, a complete NFL team, he's more than capable of getting a team to the Super Bowl. I saw Jared Goff take the Rams to the Super Bowl. He's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback, but you put enough pieces around him, and he showed that he could get a team to the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo got a team to the Super Bowl. Derek Carr's a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's kind of trending toward Derek being a better quarterback than Jared Goff as well. Both of those quarterbacks got their teams to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, do, I think Derek Carr is, is good enough if you put a complete team around him. The problem is the team hasn't been complete. And last year, in particular, the defense just wasn't good enough. Time and time again, every statistic, every measurement, every key moment where games hung in the balance – it essentially all came down to the defense just wasn't ready, wasn't good enough, wasn't able to close deals and be a compliment, be a viable compliment to what was a top 10 defense and what presumably seems to be headed toward another top 10 offensive year in the NFL. I don't see any reason why the NFL, why the Raiders can't be just as good as last year, if not better. It all comes down to the defense. It all comes down to can Gus Bradley, the new defensive coordinator, who the Raiders basically made a beeline toward as soon as they decided that Paul Gunther uh, was no longer going to be the guy in charge. I think Gus Bradley jumped to the top of the list of possible replacements. Things had to work out a certain way in Los Angeles. They did, where he was working for the Chargers as their defensive coordinator not soon or very soon after. Gus Bradley was hired 
to lead this Raiders defense. He brought with them Ron Miles, the uh, secondary coach. He brought with them linebacker coach Richard Smith, Rod Marinelli, a holdover uh, as the defensive line coach. It started there, the understanding and the realization, the acknowledgement that the Raiders needed to get better on defense, period, exclamation point. Yes, it's as easy as that. That doesn't make it a simple procedure, a simple fix. But it was, it's been fairly easy, let's face it, to identify what the real problem has been here in Las Vegas. Going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Dave is in Denver, wants to talk about the Raiders. How's it going? I'm good. How are you doing, Raider Dave? Oh, it's hot here, but I love it since I'm an Arizona transplant anyway. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, as uh, this team got pretty much torn all the way down uh, and has rallied back to be, I would say, within a game or two of making a wild card, uh, certainly three games if you consider winning the division last year. But um, I don't know of any other team in the league that has been torn down and rebuilt like this in such a quick span. And I do believe if there was no pandemic, and we had OTAs and full preseason last year, uh, the Raiders would have been better. There's probably no doubt that all teams would have been better. But the fact that you have a defensive backfield, the position I've played in high school, state champ, but uh, they have to trust each other. They have to be in synchronicity. they got to communicate. And they could never get the guys that they really wanted to play all on the field at the same time. Arnett was hurt. I mean, the other people got hurt. And it was always a rotisserie of players to where they really couldn't even reach and get the starting four they really wanted. Hence, some of those players aren't even on the team anymore. And I think that's just a huge difference where I consider it as this team was a playoff team the last two years. I mean, to have the Jaguar game where he's where cars slides and they call them out of bounds. I mean, that just set them up for a big mental breakdown in Denver where they lost on a very last play batted down by Harris. I mean, really, this team was a playoff team the last couple of years. It just did not bounce their way. Yeah, there's no question. Go ahead. Oh, and I think that, you know, what Carr said in a latest interview was he actually played better these last two years than he did his 2016 year. And I think that's probably because more of these parts and pieces are getting put around him on the offense that he can depend on. And that's saying something, even though last year the offensive line was a mash unit. There's no question about it. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no question about it, Raider Dave. And, and, you know, to me, Derek Carr's gotten better these last two years, and I expect him to get even better this year. And that's because... I think he's going to be a more confident quarterback uh, with better talent around him. That's how that works. Uh, it happens all the time. Look at Patrick Mahomes last year in the Super Bowl. Was he the Patrick Mahomes of the year before? No, he wasn't. He was, like a he was under siege, and he played like it. It's amazing how much better you are when you've got great talent around you. Patrick, even the great Patrick Mahomes proved that. I like to Tom Brady and contrast, you know, other quarterbacks like Goff or Stafford or any of these higher-paid quarterbacks when they came in the league or got those big contracts before, you know, uh, the contract time came up for a car. But there's been 
quarterbacks that do not have the stats that Carr has that have won Super Bowls in the NFL. Yeah, without question. And, you know, that's why I kind of have to scratch my head at some people in, in Raider Nation um, who take that opposite approach on, on Derek Carr and put all the blame on, on, on him. I don't want to – I hate having to question somebody's football acumen, but if, if, if you're judging Derek Carr based on the teams that he's played on, you know, up, up until especially last year, that offense last year was, was pretty darn good. It, obviously, it scored, t- you know, the 10th most points in the NFL – Plenty of way more points than than needed to get a team to the Super Bowl with an adequate or not the Super Bowl, but the playoffs with a with a just an average defense, an average defense, and the Raiders are in the playoffs last year. Then you can't say anymore that Derek Carr can't get his team to the playoffs. That team should have been in the playoffs last year if the defense had just done its job, especially on those three occasions that we've talked about time and time again. The Raiders are in the playoffs, and you can just throw out the whole nonsense and the whole talk about whether Derek Carr could get his team in the playoffs. He can. And then once in the playoffs, there's nobody, you know, there, there's there's nobody out there that's so unbeatable that you don't think that with a good team he can beat another good team. I, I, I don't see it. And like I said, I've seen Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo win big games and get their team to the Super Bowl and outduel some pretty darn good quarterbacks along the way. Jared Goff went into New Orleans and took charge. Uh, I talked to plenty of guys in the Rams huddle uh, who were telling me that Jared Goff, when they're down 13 points or so, is like, shut the F up. Listen to me. I'm going to get us out of this. And they're like, okay, we, we got you. And they followed his lead offensively and, and went to the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, uh, I know he was handing the ball off a lot of times in that playoff run, uh, but there were plays that he made and even in the Super Bowl. He made some pretty darn good plays in that Super Bowl. Almost beat they, they almost had the perfect plan to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It didn't work. Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes things uh, in that fourth quarter. They won. But you, I, I just I to me, Derek Carr is plenty good enough to get your team pretty darn far. And if you put a good enough team around him, he can get you to where you need to go to. The question is: Has that defense gotten better? Has it um, improved? adequately enough, sufficiently enough to do that, to be a complement to what is a very good offense. It's not a perfect offense. Derek Carr is not the perfect quarterback, but go find the perfect team out there. There's teams that were flawed that have won the Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, to me, they weren't world beaters. They almost lost. They should have lost, probably, to the Green Bay Packers. Kind of a bonehead call by the by Matt Lafleur. Um, you know, not giving Aaron Rodgers a chance there to maybe win it. Tom Brady didn't play great in that game. His defense pretty much saved the day. They survived. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were a wild card team. It's not like they were the great greatest team ever. And it wasn't like Tom Brady played like the greatest quarterback ever. He was just on a very good, sound team that had all the necessary pieces across the board, including himself. A really good defense that came on, an offense that got better as the year went on, changed, adapted. They weren't the same offense that they were to start the season off. It took a little while to figure out their way. But the point is, he was surrounded by good enough players, a good enough team, a complete team. 
just once you'd like to see what Derek Carr could do in that kind of a situation. And I think the Raiders are actually closing in on being that kind of a complete team. I'm not sitting here saying that they're going to go win the Super Bowl. First steps first, and that's getting to the playoffs. Can they navigate a 17-game schedule sufficiently enough to win enough games to be one of those last teams standing come January 3rd, January 4th, when the playoffs start? And to me, it all comes down to the defense. I think the offense is going to be fine. I think Derek Carr has shown that he could be uh, an upper echelon quarterback. What we, you know, when we talked uh, to to our guest from Pro Football Focus yesterday, he had him in that eight to thirteen range. There's a tier eight to thirteen. They're basically the same guys. Let's just say it what it is. That on any given day can play really well, and you put him on a good team, they're generally going to perform pretty well. Are there better quarterbacks? Obviously, one through seven, and there's a you know there's a there's a jump between one and two, and then two and five. Uh, you know, two and three might be the same kind of guy. Eight to 13, it looks like you're, you're, I'm not saying you're talking about the same exact guy, but they basically bring the same type of attributes, the same type of skills. And anyone in that category can get their team to the Super Bowl. We've seen a couple do that very recently in Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't even think Jimmy Garoppolo is in the top 13 in that tier. And Jared Goff, Hasn't played like that in a, in a couple seasons now. But he got his team to the playoffs. He got his team to the Super Bowl. He got his, his team to the playoffs after they w- went to the Super Bowl. They almost went the very next year too. So it, it, he, very close, a bit, a, a one loss away, Jared Goff, from getting his team to the playoffs four straight years, getting uh, to the Super Bowl in one of those years, winning a playoff game last year. Don't tell me that Derek Carr isn't as good as Jared Goff and can't do the same things to get his team into the playoffs and then beyond if things break right. The question is, is that defense ready to hold up its end of the bargain? And part of that question is obviously Gus Bradley and what he's going to bring to the table, Unique Ngakwe, the new defensive end, who I think uh, has a chance to be I'm not going to say a game changer, but in a way, yes, he is actually, because the Raiders really haven't had a guy like that in a while. And I defy you to stand there on the sidelines and watch that guy in practice, just practice, just doing drills, and not sit there and say to yourself, if you know football, wow, he looks different than everyone else out there. And oh, by the way, Everyone else out there is pretty darn good, too. They're NFL players. They're on NFL rosters for a reason. Some are better than others, obviously. But there's some pretty darn good players on that Raider defensive line right now, and you can see that, too. But you can also see that Yannick Ngakwe, hmm, he just looks a little bit different, and that's a good thing. And so game changer, we'll see. But does he change the dynamic of the Raiders defensive line? Without question. You can see that. You can eyeball it. You can feel it. Just watching him operate in practice and what he's able to do agility-wise, speed-wise, quickness-wise, strength-wise, fundamentally-wise, it jumps out at you. The Raiders haven't had a pass rusher with that kind of complete package in a while now. We'll listen and we'll hear from Yannick Ngakwe and Gus Bradley because when it comes right down to it, Unique Ngakwe, and I think he's 
perfectly comfortable putting this burden on his shoulder, being the leader of this defense. And Gus Bradley, a, pl- a coach that he's played for in the past and made a beeline to Las Vegas to come play for again. They're going to kind of have to be spearheading this charge and this effort to get this defense where it needs to be. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson. You're brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Well, I think, you know, when good things happen, right? I, I mean, they're a group that we got to, first of all, we got to trust each other. And I think that trust is just understanding where everybody's going to be and that they're on the same page. A lot of explosive plays come through bus on defense, and uh, we got to try to eliminate as many of those bus as possible and it comes through great communication so that part of it we're building um, you know when they you know when you have success learning how to handle success and uh, you know it's really play after play coming out with it so it's it's really a race to maturity with our whole group um, you know we've got some uh, you know strong personalities on it which I love great spirited guys and you got some experience with guys like Casey Hayward Jonathan Hankins you know that I think is so important to a young group like this. Busted plays, being on the same page, chemistry. Man, how many times last year did we see, we've talked about this so many times and why it needs to change. And if it does, the whole narrative about this team is going to change this year. The big plays given up on third downs, third and longs. You know, the Raiders actually did a fairly decent job at times of, of playing good situational football first and second down to put teams in you know third downs and long only to give up a big play and how many times do you see you know guys getting up off the ground after a third and 18 turned out to be a third down 26 yard throw or catch and run for a first down, a back those are back-breaking plays. How many times do you see guys getting up off the ground, kind of looking around, going, "Where were you? I thought you were supposed to be." I no, you wait. Oh man, we were in. Oh man, shaking their head, you know, trying to get it figured out. The absolute most critical times that the Raiders needed to have that chemistry, needed to be on the same page were the t- very times that they weren't late in games, third downs when just a stop, just keep them in front of the chains. It's all you got to do. Who cares if they got 14 yards on a third and 15? Don't matter. The punter comes running on the field, Derek Carr in the offense gets the ball again. But third and 15s turning into third and you know 17-yard uh, gains, Talk about back-breaking plays that are demoralizing as well, taxing, physically taxing, emotionally taxing. Pick yourself up after you've worked so hard to get a team to third and long and then give it up on third down. And then you're like huffing and puffing, mentally drained, pissed off. 
Now you got to go play another four downs or three downs to try to do it all over again. It just adds up after a while. That mental strain, the physical strain that, that um, you incur as well. That's what, those are the things that the Raiders need to improve on. And that's the question of the day. It's the question of the year. I'd be shocked if the Raiders' offense wasn't as good as it was last year. I'd actually be mildly surprised if it's not even better than it was last year. Might not even mean more points. We'll see how points are affected when the fans come back into the equation. And you got to go on the road, you know, and, and, and beat Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks and the 12s sitting up there making life really difficult on you. But just because points might come down, Raiders included, doesn't mean that the Raiders offense can't be actually better than it was last year. It's just relatively speaking. Um, but if they can get their efficiency up in some key areas, then I think the offense can be better. We're going to go right out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend and now our teammate. We can officially say that, thankfully. Uh, we've been kind of keeping it under the, on, on the down low for a little while. You know how all that works. Uh, but Q Myers, uh, our good friend, is now officially a member of Raider Nation Radio, official member of Lotus Broadcasting. Um, Q, First of all, congratulations. Uh, can't wait to start really working with you, uh, not just as a friend, but a teammate. Looking forward to it. I know you're going to do big things. How are you doing, my friend? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, everything you just said, man. Love being a teammate. Love the team that we have that we're going to go forward with, and we're going to do some really good things. I think this upcoming football season is going to be fantastic for everybody. Of course, last year, nobody really got to experience the real meal deal because of COVID. But, man, it's, it's on and popping this year, so I'm excited. I think we have a lot of good things in store for us, so I'm ready to go. Only because DeMond begged me to ask you this, is a raise in order? Are we, are we talking about a raise for DeMond Cotton? Uh, can, we, can we go there yet? Or, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, uh, I don't know if DeMond wants to negotiate a raise or a contract on air. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way to do it. We're going to go public with it. Yeah, well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, we're talking. Um, first of all, um, you're going to be doing a show. Uh, Q's going to be doing yeah. a show, and it's going to be from two to four, right? Am I? Uh, I'm going to let you yeah. you talk about that because you know I don't want to I don't want to put some wrong information out there or anything uh, like that. But you're going to be run, you're basically going to be running the whole show uh, at Lotus yeah. for for bro- on the broadcasting end of it. Plus, you got your own show uh, on two uh, from two to four here on Raider Nation Radio. If you could tell the audience what it's all about. Yeah, I'll be taking over that two to four slot. It's going to be called Unnecessary Roughness, which if you don't know about that, that's near and dear to my heart. That was the name of my show back in Central Texas. And, and when I started in, in sports radio and I got on the show, that we, we made the show up and we all kind of came together and thought, okay, what's a really good name? And so Unnecessary Roughness was the name, and that started in 2012. Well, I went through a lot of co-hosts and I went through a lot of different uh, you know, guys that, that worked in the, on the show with me, but ultimately I was still the guy. So my last day in Central Texas, July 2nd, was the last day of Unnecessary Roughness. So I, I decided to take that title with me. So I'm, I'm taking the show uh, to Lotus Broadcasting, to the 2-4 to four slot right there for Raider Nation Radio 9-2, to two, uh, 9-20, excuse me, 2-4. to four. And, uh, yeah, just excited. we got a lot of good things coming up. 
Uh, Vinny, you're going to be taking vacation pretty soon, so I'm actually going to not start the two-to-four slot immediately. I'm going to actually kind of slide in and hold it down for you for a while while you're gone. Uh, Clay's going to be out for a little while, so I'm going to slide into the morning show. I'm going to do a little double dipping. So at first, I'm going to be the utility guy. You know, wherever you need me, uh, you know, the next man up mentality, I'll be yes. the next man up for a while and then eventually slide into that two-to-four slot. As every great utility baseball player I ever talked to said, you got to bring your first baseman's mitt, your outfielder's glove, your infielder yes. glove, and maybe even a catcher's mitt sometimes. You never know uh, where you're going to be exactly. playing that night. Uh, you're going to be doing a great job. I can't wait uh, to, uh, to to really get started, um, especially after I get back from vacation. And by the way, for any, uh, any of us that... You know, we're, we're kind of coming of age in the 80s, 90s, Unnecessary Roughness, um, Kathy Ireland, uh, great movie, Scott Bakula, uh, Robert Loggia was in that movie, so uh, Sinbad right. was in that movie, so uh, yep. go check it out. That was a funny movie, so great name, uh, love, love the name of the show, uh, can't wait to get started. Uh, but let's get into what we're talking about today, Q, and, um, you know... I was talking earlier about how, as a writer, working for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, kind of coming up with the preview stories for training camp and then looking ahead to the season, uh, regular season previews. You know, as, as all of those thoughts go through your head, my head, and, and everyone else that covers the Raiders' head, uh, trying to create storylines, trying to create why this will happen, why that won't happen. You can, you can really go nuts and crazy on all the different formulas, all the different situations, but it's so uncanny how – it all leads back to one question for me, and I want to throw the question at you. Is this defense ready to be a viable complement to what appears to be an offense that is going to be right there again on the cusp of being a top-10 offense? I, I would be shocked if it wasn't. Is this defense finally ready, Q, to do what it needs to do? Yeah, you know, that's going to be the big question. That's been the storyline all offseason, and I'm glad that's been the storyline offseason instead of the low-hanging fruit that we usually have about Derek Carr and what other quarterback he could be replaced with. I'm so glad it's about something else, and it's been about the defense, and it's been about the offensive line, in my opinion. And I do think that with the addition of Gus Bradley, that's a big pickup for the Raiders. I think that Ron Milan, big pickup. You know, I just, I just, Richard Smith, great pickup. I think those three guys are going to be so instrumental in what the Raiders do defensively moving forward. And I think that they're going to gravitate to the players that are on the squad and, and put them in position. This is something that's always kind of bothered me, and this is not exclusive to the Raiders. It's just in general that a coach can't see or can see what a guy does really well, but then refuse to put him in that position. So I think just a simple, a simple tweak, like putting Jonathan Abram up in the box, that's going to help out in a major way, make him play a position much more comfortable for his liking. You know, allowing guys to do what they do really well, I think is going to make a lot of sense. Corey Littleton, we've talked about him quite a bit on this show, you know, that he, he's, he didn't live up to what everyone expected as a free agent, but he was also thinking. He said it himself. He was thinking a lot, you know, and you think in the NFL someone's going past you. I don't care if it's a quarterback. I don't care if it's a it, – it don't matter. If a running back, it doesn't matter. Someone's passing you if you're thinking. So I think that just being able to allow these players to do exactly what they do really, really well is going to help and make them comfortable. When they're out there comfortable on the field, if they're not thinking, I think they're playing really good ball. So that's that's kind of one of the biggest keys I'm looking forward to. And honestly, being here now in Vegas and being part of this team – something I'll be paying attention to at training camp when we're at the facility in Henderson. Just, you know, how are these guys uh, picking up the teaching that Gus Bradley, Ron Miles, Richard Smith are all laying down? I agree. And, you know, you look at, you look at Corey Littleton, and we've talked about this before, Q. When, when, you're, yeah. when you have a command of what you're doing and a comfort level with what you're doing, 
it just makes life that much easier. And you are playing faster rather than hesitantly. And it, it just seemed like Corey was a victim of that so many times last year. And there, I, Q, I would go, I would go um, series, defensive series, just watching him, Corey Littleton. And yeah. it just was yeah. so apparent that he was thinking too much. Flat out, straight out, thinking too much, and it affected his play. Uh, in what ways do you think that um, Gus can help him just basically unleash him and get him back to being the comfortable, fast-playing, confident-playing uh, Corey Littleton that he was in Los Angeles? Well, you know, I think some of it is going to have to do with Gus Bradley going back and watching some film of him in Los Angeles and just seeing, okay, this is what he did. This is what he did really well. This is what made him work himself all the way up from a special teams guy, an undrafted free agent uh, as a special teams guy, to being a big-time linebacker that got a big-time free agent deal. You know, he's going to have to identify that. And I just think that that Gus's scheme allows these guys to to operate at at a level of where they just go and react and go play. And a good example is going back to what you saw when uh, he was in Seattle with the Legion of Boom and, and that whole Seattle defense. There was a bunch of guys. They weren't all first-round draft picks. They weren't, you know, all drafted guys. There was just a bunch of guys out there playing. And they just knew that, hey, they had a job to do, and, and they, they focused in and they keyed in on that job, and they went and executed it. That's, that's one of the biggest keys. Um, you know, also with the Richard Smith being a really well-respected linebacker coach, I think he's going to play a major role as well. So that's why I keep going back to those three guys. I think that those are three really good free agent pickups, I like to say, almost as important as some of the actual free agent player pickups that the Raiders had this offseason. We're talking to uh, Q Myers. You can follow him on Twitter, at yourboyq254. He is now officially a teammate here with us at Raider Nation Radio and Lotus Broadcasting. He's going to do a tremendous job. I am fired up uh, about this. I've been walking around really happy uh, these last couple of weeks uh, when when word started circulating that it was headed in this direction. Um, And I know that the listeners are going to love being able to hear Q uh, do his thing Two to four o'clock, right before my show, uh, day in and day out, uh, Monday through Friday on on Raider Nation Radio Q. Um, I'm looking at that free free safety position, and it sure seems yeah. like it's earmarked uh, for Trayvon Morig. Uh, I know that you know the Raiders have talked about, hey, it's an open competition. I don't think that anyone's in the business of handing any rookie anything <laughs> um, right off the bat, right. uh, especially at a at a key position like that. So I think they're talking the right talk. Uh, and making sure he understands, obviously, he's got to go out there and compete for the job and 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 win it. Uh, but if he's right, and you know you you're you're in Texas, and I'm sure you were able to to see some TCU ball over the years and and watch Trayvon Morig. Uh, if he's right and he comes correct and he does what he's shown that he can do in college, what kind of a difference maker can a Trayvon Morig be with the Raiders? Oh, he he could be a big time difference maker. You know, he's a guy that is not only a guy that goes and makes all the plays and is in the right position to go make the tackle, the short tackle, and he's a very short tackler, but he also creates turnovers. And that's something that the Raiders have lacked for quite a while. They really haven't had a guy that's been in that back end creating a bunch of turnovers since, I want to say, like Reggie Nelson. And we all know, anyone who's watched the Raiders long enough knows, Reggie Nelson was a guy that, yeah, he creates turnovers, he'd, he'd intercept the ball, but he'd get burned a lot too. But <laughs> the one thing that you felt good about was, hey, at least he made an interception here, an interception there. Uh, going all the way back to 2016 when the Raiders went to the playoffs, they weren't a great defense, but they were able to create turnovers a lot. They made opportuni- uh, opportunistic times they would create turnovers and get the ball back to the offense, and Derek Carr would work his magic, and, and they'd come up with a victory. So uh, I think Trayvon Merrick is going to be a guy that you're going to see him actually create some turnovers. And at TCU, he was that dude. 
and he has alpha dog mentality. And we all know that Jonathan Abram, he carries that alpha dog mentality as well. I really think that if these guys can be right, and I don't, I don't want to put too much on them immediately because even Abram is still a young dude, even though he's going into his third year. But, I mean, they really do have the makeup of uh, uh, Earl Thomas slash, you know, Cam Chancellor uh, capabilities. Again, I'm not putting those names on them because those are some real deal players that did some really good things in the NFL, and this has got to be earned. Those kind of titles have got to be earned. But I can see the similarities. I can see where they have the ability to, ha- to make plays like that in this Gus Bradley defense, and that's what excites me. I honestly, I, w- I was very you know, excited and-, and was really hoping that the Raiders had an opportunity to get Merrick in the first round. Thought after they went and got Leatherwood, there was no chance they'd-, they'd be able to get him in the second round. For them to get him in the second round, I thought was just a home run. I couldn't believe he was still available. They made the trade to go get him, and I think that everyone in Raider Nation is going to be excited and fired up about what Trayvon will do on that back end. All right, so let's bottom line it, Q. Where does this defense need to be to help get this team to the playoffs? Well, you know, uh, I'm glad you asked that, uh, you know, because I saw a stat earlier uh, saying that the Raiders haven't been a top 10 defense since 2006. And it was funny because I went back and I was like, wait, 2006 wasn't a very good season. They went 2-14 and 14 that season, and they were a top 10 defense. <laughs> you know, so uh, they don't need to be top 10. Let's put it like that. They don't have to be top 10. I do think they need to be around 18, 17, 15, around that range, just to give the, the offense just a few more opportunities with the ball. You know, I mean, uh, there was a lot of good discussion. Matter of fact, Clay and Pritch, uh, Pritch and Clay this morning had a great discussion about defense and does it re- really win championships and, you know, does sacks really matter? I mean, great conversation they had on the morning show. And the one thing I'll say is if that defense can be good and be serviceable and be, you know, top 18, top 17, then that's going to give the offense a few more opportunities with the ball. And like you said, there's no reason why the offense should take a step back this year. I expect the offense to be better. I think Foster Moreau is going to be a guy who's going to be able to help out in the red zone. I think Darren Waller is going to continue to develop. And if Henry Ruggs comes along and Brian Edwards as well, I mean, you're cooking with grease. You know, you got a real deal opportunity. So I think, you know, 18, 17, you know, maybe even 15. If they get all the way down to 15, I think that that's a lot of wins. You know what I mean? That's a lot of wins. So uh, Gus Bradley, he was he was brought in to turn this thing around. He knows what he's dealing with. He knows what he's working with. He knows there's talent. He's just got to get the most out of it. Def- yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, can defense win championships? I'm not so sure about that, but they can sure as heck lose you a championship, and they can lose yeah. you games. Yeah. And we saw how the defense last year – Literally lost games for the Raiders, uh, and that's just the, 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 the truth of the matter. You can't ha- ask your offense, A, to score 30 points every single game or good luck winning the game. Uh, and, you, and you can't have as many breakdowns as they did in the kind of losses that they had where they had the lead with a minute, 19 seconds left. You just can't have that happen. And um, so we'll see. Uh, it's the question of the season. We're going to be talking about it throughout the season. There's no question about it. Uh, but if they can get that defense in order, the entire narrative of the Raiders changes for the good. Q, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Really appreciate it. Uh, and look forward to uh, the days ahead uh, as as teammates here with Raider Nation Radio. Appreciate it, brother. Absolutely. You guys keep doing what you're doing, man. Doing a great job. And I can't wait to be in the building with you guys and, and make some magic happen. We will. Thank you, man. 
appreciate it. That's Q Myers, uh, who will now host Unnecessary Roughness from 2 to 4 p.m. here on Raider Nation Radio, just ahead of my show, uh, 4 to 6 on Raider Nation Radio. Uh, and I'm, I'm delighted, fired up, I'm, I'm beyond excited uh, about uh, his addition and uh, what he's going to bring to the table, not just as uh, a host, which he does great things doing that, but also uh, kind of running the ship uh, over at Lotus and Raider Nation Radio. Truly appreciate it. Can't wait to uh, for it all to unfold. Uh, and it's happening as we speak. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Embajador Tequila. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. You know, our philosophy is you can never have enough rushers. Uh, I think that's been going back. I mean, probably a lot of teams believe that. But I think we want to make sure we keep guys fresh. And Max is a very good player. And he's come in in great shape now. I like the way he looks, the way he's practicing. He's leaned up. He's fast. And uh, been very impressed with him. So we've got a number of guys like that. I, you know, it's, we're hoping that I mean, we, we can send two lines at people, not just one group that we can stay fresh with the players. So, uh, you know, those edge guys are very important to us. And, you know, and the inside guys creating that push. That's Gus Bradley talking about where it all starts for his defense. The front four defensive line, keeping those guys fresh, tapping into that talent level, and make no mistake, you know, the Raiders identified that position group as one that they needed to get better, flat out, and they knew it last year during the season, they knew it, it's something we're going to have to circle back to uh, next offseason because this is not getting it done. And it wasn't. The Raiders' defensive line had 14 and a half sacks last year. That's the entire group. That's just not going to get it done, and it didn't get it done. We saw that time and time again. Those third down plays, those big third down plays, that got converted over and over again. The Raiders were uh, third to last in terms of third down stoppage efficiency. Plenty of that started because their defensive line couldn't muster up enough pass rush and heat, sacks, game-changing plays, game-altering plays. So improving that group, which if you do any research on on, on Gus Bradley, and, and really, let's be honest, every great defense, every average good, just good defense, solid defense, it all starts with what's happening up front. Are you stopping the run? The Raiders did a pretty decent job at times in terms of run defense. Other times they got gashed. But when it came right down to it, when it came down to getting after the quarterback, creating pass rush, it just wasn't happening, not on a uh, uh, satisfactory basis. And the Raiders understood that, and that's why they went out and did what they did on the defensive line this year. To go get Unique Ngakwe, who automatically, instantly, right off the bat, becomes their best pass rusher, their most accomplished pass rusher. Just look at the stats of what he's done since he's gotten into the league. He's been one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL. 
He changes things on that defensive line. You don't think that opposing offenses now understand, uh, yeah, we got to stop that dude. That's a priority. And then you, by having him, it keeps Max Crosby fresh. It allows you to be flexible with what you're going to do with Cleve Farrell. And then you've got Carl Nassib coming back, who's fully capable of being a five, six sack guy with enough snaps, right? Malcolm Kuntz, the rookie from Buffalo, kind of has a knack for getting after the pass or after the quarterback. I think he finds his way onto the field situationally. So there's four right there, guys that you can pretty much count on being able to to get the job done. Let's just put it that way. Unique Ngakwe, Max Crosby, Clee Farrell, Carl Nassib, Malcolm Kuntz. Obviously, I'm not good at math because that's five guys. It's a nice little potential rotation. You know, obviously Malcolm Kuntz uh, has to get it and get it as a early on as a rookie. But you know, when you look at a Malcolm Kuntz, he's just one of those guys that uh, you know there, there's there's parts of his game that he's going to need to get better at. He needs to strengthen up against the run. He, needs, he probably needs to get stronger. All of, all the things that you know, young defensive players, young defensive ends, young kind of outside pass rushers need to do. But he does one thing really, really well. And when you can do even one thing really, really well, I don't care how old you are, where you were drafted, you're going to get on the field. Look at Max Crosby. He was a, what, a fourth-round pick in 2019? Ended up that season with ten and a half sacks. Yeah, you're you're. It, I don't care where you were drafted. I don't care how old you are. If there's something that you have an uncanny ability to be elite at, really good at, you're going to find your way. You're going to be an asset. And I think Malcolm Kuntz has a chance to be just that. So there's five guys at defensive end that you know. One, two of those guys weren't even here last year. That makes a big difference because a guy like Unique Ngakwe makes a big difference. And that's not even getting into what they did interior-wise. Solomon Thomas, Quentin Jefferson, bringing back Jonathan Hankins, Darius Phylon. All of a sudden, you start naming all these names, and you're going, yeah, and, and most of those guys have done a little something-something in their careers. So you're like, well, if they just keep doing that, that's going to make a big difference. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson. You're brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur.